are looking live at chicken dinner. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. I think I'll take two chickens. Go on riverboat gambling trips. You're gonna die for some chickens. Hey, what's your chicken dinner? Someone is. It was feathers yesterday, there was no chicken. What you got riding on this game? My daughter. What a gambler. It's chicken dinner. Hey, Babalugas, we got a bet here. Here's your host, Sam Panianovich. It's called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner right there, boys. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. How about that? Away we go. Chicken Dinner Thursday, October 21st, 2021. Follow us on Twitter at ChickenXDinner, Instagram at ChickenDinnerSP, and subscribe to the podcast so you get this bad boy once it drops. The long-awaited crossover between the Bankroll Boys and Chicken Dinner. Dan Lifshatz, Joe Murray from 98.5 The Sports Hub here in Boston. We talk turkey. Dealing with the haters in New England. And there are so many of them when it comes to sports betting and sports betting. Twitter. We preview Pats and Jets, and we also talk about what it's like to lose money when you're on the air. And if I was on the air last night during that Celtic game, I would have been a lunatic. We had over 27.5 points on Jason Tatum and the Celtics plus two. Celtics were winning for most of the first half, for a lot of the second half. That game goes to overtime. It goes to double overtime. Celtics lose by four. 138-134, so you feel bad about that. But Jason Tatum, oh, my God, brick, brick, brick. He was 7 of 30 from the floor. He was 2 of 15 from three and still finished with 20 points. He missed 13 threes. And luckily, my audience at this point is willing to understand that prop bets, especially in the NBA, are about volume and opportunity. I talked about this all last postseason with Trey Young. When those books were hanging, Trey Young, leading scorer, plus 250, plus 190, plus 185, his three-point prop or his three-point made prop, two-and-a-half over, plus 110, plus 15. The opportunity and the volume, so big for props. And if I would have told you Jason Tatum was going to take 15 fucking three-pointers, would you have bet his point prop over? Yeah, you would have. But he was a clang, clang, clang with the trolley last night. Just awful. He has an average night. The Celtics win easily, and he crushes that prop. That team, if those two are cooking the way they can, Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're dangerous. Jalen Brown, 46 points on Wednesday night. But, yeah, I've been on the air before when you lose money at the buzzer, at the horn. Hell, our Saturday-Sunday shows on VEASAN were essentially a glorified watch Sam bet or watch Sam lose his money or win his big bets. Whatever it was, it was playing out live. So I know all about it, and Joey and Danny have some funny stories about working at the Hub with money on the line. All right, we're doing Trey Fecta tonight. Over 25.5 points, minus 120. Over two and a half threes, plus 120. Top score, plus 125. I just feel like Trey against Luka brings out the best in both because, as you know, they're sort of intertwined forever because of the NBA draft that year. These two are going to go shot for shot, blow for blow on Thursday night. You know it's coming. This is not something I'm going to do all the time. I'm not really going to bet that much NBA. I like the opening week. I like the playoffs. In the middle, I'm not tracking the sport. You can't just jump in and jump out of the NBA. You've got to follow that league 
religiously to win money in the NBA. You got to know who's in, who's out, limits, restrictions, back-to-back statuses. I was talking with JVT. We used to work together in Vegas. He said he's got three alarms set daily for the injury reports. I think he said 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 2.30 p.m. Pacific, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. He has alarms on his phone where they go off. He goes to his laptop, pulls up TweetDeck. He has a column of NBA beat writers because at those three times, that's when you get the injury news. So-and-so is in. So-and-so is out. You can't just blindly bet the NBA. This isn't pin the tail on the donkey because if you're not paying attention and you don't know who's in, you're not going to do well. Still think Trey Young is going to go off in the opener. Trey and Luka, both of those cats are going to be out for blood tonight. So I do like that. Also, a couple other developments. We haven't had some shows on Friday last couple of weeks or two of the last three weeks or so. We have launched Nesson Bets. NessonBets.com. So we are slowly but surely getting into the mud here with sports betting. And by mud, I mean the money. We know what's going on. These things have been going on behind the scenes here. There are a lot of other things that are taking place in the coming weeks. I'm going to try and do this show twice a week. I really am. But sometimes you get pulled into a meeting and you can't do the podcast. I hope you guys understand that. I want to do it twice a week. I love doing this show. I love talking to you guys. But the truth is, there are some things that are a lot more pressing than uh, doing chicken dinner at times. And I hope you understand that. When we get shows up, we get into a rhythm, we get a lot of things lined up going down the path, we will revert back to a sense of normalcy with this podcast schedule. But just hang around. Bear with me. We're doing the best we can here at Chicken Dinner. It's a one-man band, as you know, Chicken Dinner. There's one person working on the show. So do our best to get as many shows out as we can um, and hopefully get back to a normal schedule. Also, the Braves, no hedge yet. We ain't doing it. 14-1 to ticket on the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series, placed on March 5th, 2021. And I tweeted this the other day. We're doing it for Paulie. Hashtag do it for Paulie. My fish, Paulie, huge Braves guy. Well, Paulie ain't going to see this run anymore, put it that way. Pauly croaked at the bottom of the tank. So we're riding this for Pauly. And I was looking at odds boom, shopping around for the numbers on teams to win the World Series. We've got 14-1 to in our back pocket on Atlanta. They have a 3-1 to series lead at the time of this taping. Look around the market. Braves as low as plus 155 to win the World Series, as high as plus 180. If they lose three games in a row, I don't deserve to win the bet. I am not hedging. Not right now. I'll think about it when we get to the World Series, but I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this team and this offense and that staff and that bullpen. They thump the baseball. And to be the champs, you got to beat the champs. And if they beat the champs, I won't want to hedge. Paulie wouldn't want me to hedge. Paulie and I didn't talk all that much but we watched a lot of Braves games together. And I feel like I owe it to him to roll it through. So as of now, probably not going to be a hedge. We've got 14 units in the hopper pending because they're 14-1. to We shall see what happens. I know the smart move is probably to take three, four units, put it on whichever team comes out of the American League, and guarantee yourself a profit. But 
at this point, you got to do it for Polly. There was a parlay floating around the internet the other day from a verified account. This was for Monday night. And I really get frustrated when I see the lack of education in the sports betting space. I feel like sometimes it's more about getting you in the door and showing you this sort of like, you know, the magician. Look over here while we take your money over there. These same game parlays are so hard to win. I know sometimes you put 25 bucks down, you win 400. But most people over the course of the long haul are going to lose money on same game parlays. And I saw one the other day. It made me so mad. And I'm not going to say who it was or where it was because that doesn't matter. What matters is this four-team same-game parlay is so hard to win. I don't want to say it's impossible to win because there is a way to win this. I'd say if you made, I don't know, if you made a 1,000 of these, you might win 10. That's not even certifiable. But, I mean, this parlay is so bad and so dumb that I would never want you to do something like this. It was Titans plus six, Bills money line. So you're already betting against yourself in the first two legs. You need the Bills to win, but the Titans to cover. So you need a one, two, three, four, five point Bills win. But you also can't have a seven point Bills win because then you lose the Titans. You know the deal. The other two legs, first half Bills minus three and a half. First half Bills team total over 14 and a half. Come on. And then it gets retweeted and shared. No, oh, yeah, all right, I'll tail. That parlay is not going to win. How, how can that be a thing? Bills at the half lead 20 to 17, so the parlay's dead. At the half, it's dead. And then the Titans win the game outright. And I saw some people defending it. Well, if you didn't get hooked in the first half and Josh Allen didn't slip, it would have won. That doesn't matter. That doesn't make it right. Two legs out of four lost. And that's going to happen when you parlay against yourself in the same parlay. And I take to Twitter the next day as a joke, cooking up my first ever six-team same-game parlay Thursday night. Browns money line, Broncos plus three and a half, Broncos first quarter, Browns first half, Broncos team total over, Broncos team total under. And some people actually are responding to that tweet like, good luck, pulling for you. I don't really like that bet. Wait, how can you bet the team total over and under? <laughs> it's a joke. I even said at the bottom, use the promo code hashtag psych. It's so unreal, some of the content that's out there. I would never tell you to parlay against yourself in the same parlay. But the more you look around and the more this space grows, the more questionable factions of the content become. That is such a minus EV bet, it makes my blood boil. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to solve this. But that's bad that people in the space, accounts in the space, are actually giving out parlays. People are following this stuff, and people are betting this stuff. And yeah, could that parlay win? Yes. Could the Bills have covered the first half and scored 17 points in the first half, and could the Bills have won by three? Absolutely. But the odds are so small that it's just mind-boggling that this is actually a thing.
Mm. Had a good super contest week. Went four and one, four out of five. I believe we're in like 500th place in the contest. Not necessarily where you want to be, but not out of it. If we get hot here, week seven, eight, nine, ten, put the heat on, get a couple four and ones in there, maybe a five and zero. Oh. I've seen stranger runs in this Westgate Super Contest, and we're in with the Winter Circle Proxy Team. They're tremendous. They let you put the picks in. We have the uh, the special where we can get it in late on Saturday. Uh, you get a text on Saturday from them in case you forget, which I never do, but in case you do forget, they let you know. Bang, hey, get your picks in, and then the process is super easy. All you got to do is log in with your account. Bing, bang, bong, bing, bang, get your picks in, check the box. You get an email from Winter Circle. They put them in. I've never had a mistake, and I've used them for years. They make it so easy. I think going forward, if you're looking to join any of these contests, whether it be the Golden Nugget Contest, Circuit Contest, Westgate Contest, you got to give them a shout. Winter Circle Proxy. I know a lot of people always ask, hey, how do I get in? How do I join the big super contest? How do I join the Circuit Million, the Survivor? Well, you can't bet it from home. You can't do it in Massachusetts. I have a lot of friends in Illinois, obviously. You can't do it. You have to have boots on the ground in Nevada. And the Winter Circle Proxy Service, incredible. At WC Proxy Service. When you're signing up next year, please tell them I sent you and go there. And uh, they will take care of you. They're the best. Um, 4-1 and in the contest, though. And this week sucks in the NFL. It is just so hard. I made a couple bets. Um... For the football slate, I have the Browns minus three, which, as you know, is not going to get me a CLV trophy. Now it's one and a half. I still think Cleveland is better than Denver, and I don't think there's a big drop-off between Baker Mayfield, who's injured, and Case Keenum. So we'll see what happens here. It's still Denver going on the road with what I think is an average team. They've beaten the Giants, the Jets, and the Jags. I'm not impressed. I think Cleveland can win by six or win by seven. We shall see. But this week is tough. And these lines are getting bigger. Um, you know, some of these NFL games, you look at Arizona and Houston. This line is up to 18 at South Point, 18 Caesars, 18 win bet. Uh, a couple guys in Vegas told me they took some sharp bets at 18 and a half for what that's worth. So if you like Houston, you may want to strike at 17 and a half, 18. Nobody really bets these games. Bookies tell me, bookmakers tell me, legal guys, illegal guys, they tell me that nobody really gets involved with spreads higher than 14, you'd think people would rush to take the dog or rush to lay the number against a bad team. A lot of people don't get involved. Um, in fact, John Murray was on some shows on Nesson this week, and he said, you know, the big liabilities are Green Bay, you know, under 10, like eight, eight and a half, some seven and a halfs, and then the other one's Kansas City. Anytime you see Kansas City under seven, that's a liability. KC minus four and a half, minus five. Those are going to be the plays the books need to lose, Kansas City and Green Bay. They're not big rooting against the Rams this week or rooting against Tampa Bay, rooting against Arizona. I think Tampa Bay is a good bet. That game screams 24-10. to 10. How's Chicago going to score? I know Tampa's secondary isn't the greatest, but do we trust Justin Fields in that offensive line? Will he be protected? Will he be upright? Will he have time to throw? I don't know. Can the Bears run the ball? No, not against Tampa. Will Fields turn it over? Probably. That could be 31-10, 31-13. I like my numbers. Every final score I get to, I like Tampa Bay minus 12 and a half. 
There are some 12s out there. Obviously, most games don't land 12 um, in the NFL, but that's a play I'd probably think about. It's going to be tough getting the five this week in the contest. Um, I do like some college games, though. Oregon plus the two. I think anytime you get Oregon catching points, it's a decent bet. I like Mario Cristobal. Some people don't. I think their running game is solid. I like Anthony Brown, sure-handed senior quarterback. Here's the other thing with Oregon. Joe Moorhead is their play caller and their quarterback's coach. He had an emergency surgery on October 1st or October 2nd. He hasn't been with the team the last couple games, and he's back this week. I don't think UCLA is all that good. I've also been told this is the healthiest Oregon will be to date this season. They've had a lot of injuries, some issues in the secondary. We know Thibodeau had an issue early in the season. He didn't play against Ohio State. It's funny how things work. You know, Oregon hasn't been the greatest cover team this year, but since the Ohio State game when nobody wanted to bet Oregon, Oregon's been laying big numbers. Well, now Oregon's a dog, and I like Oregon as a dog. They're going to have every chance to win this game, and I will take the points, and I like the combination of that offense with Joe Moorhead back in the saddle, moving things around, setting the edge, running the football, and setting up the game from there. I like Oregon plus the two. Took the two. Um, Wisconsin minus three. Sort of an ugly side. I understand that. Very similar team in a lot of ways to Iowa. But Iowa, you know, last week, Iowa throws a pick on the opening drive. And that building, Kinnick Stadium, just went silent. And I don't think Iowa, like, they never really recovered from that. And it was a tough spot. You beat Penn State. You got to get back up for Purdue. It just it was a weird spot. I laid the 11, 11 and a half. Terrible bet. Terrible bet in our two and three weekend that swung on, by the way, the Patriots plus four not coming through. What a fun Sunday night that was. But I like Wisconsin. I want to fade the team that just pulled the upset. You know, Wisconsin's been playing better. They've been getting healthier. They had some issues. Mertz was banged up. The tight end, Jake Ferguson, wasn't great. Wisconsin's still a very good defense. I don't know that I'd lay seven with Wisconsin. I don't know that I'd lay ten with Wisconsin, although we did lay a number around ten against Illinois, but I'll lay a big number against Illinois because Illinois stinks. I like three in this spot. And now Purdue all of a sudden is like, oh, maybe Purdue's good. Oh, wow, Purdue's ranked. Oh, Purdue's 25th in the country. No, they're not. They're okay. And now the margin for error is a lot less. You go from getting 11, 11 and a half to getting three. I think that's a good bet for Wisconsin. Another unwanted favorite. I played an unwanted favorite last week, Alabama. Easy peasy. I like Alabama again, minus 25. We're hearing some things about Tennessee. Remember we found out about Hooker at uh, Tennessee and how he was healthy for the game against Missouri? Hearing some bad things for this week that he is nowhere near 100%, that he's banged up, tough week of practice. We've heard he might not go. We've also heard if he plays, he won't last. That's not good for Tennessee. It's a big number, but Alabama, man, did they get the smelling salts or what when they lost that game to Texas A&M? It feels like the Giant was awoken, and that's why I like Alabama. Minus the 25. This game opened a lot higher, too. I remember Circa opened around, what, 28 or 29, I'm pulling up my screen now, because the market has Alabama minus 25, 25 and a half. Circa opened it at 29 on Sunday afternoon. So I don't think it's going to go any lower. I think 25 is fine. Anything under 28, I actually don't hate. 
if Alabama can face Joe Milton for four quarters or three quarters or two and a half quarters, this is a blowout. And I'm telling you, when Alabama loses, that team changes. I don't want to say losses are good, but all of a sudden Saban's able to be like, hey, we are not invincible. This is how we correct this. This is what we have to do to win a national championship. That team was fucking scary last week. Scary. And that number, they were on the road, what was it, 17? I'm trying to remember, 17 or what did we like, 17 and a half against uh, Mississippi State? I told you. I said, if you can't run the ball against Alabama, you are in trouble. And that's what happened. They couldn't run. They couldn't move the ball. It was third and seven, third and eight, all afternoon, all evening long. And that was just not the recipe to beat Alabama. And I don't know that Tennessee is going to be able to move the ball, especially if Hooker is not playing quarterback. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I also made a bet on Alabama to win the national championship, plus 250. After they win by 40 this week, that number is going to go down. And I still – I know that Georgia is very good defensively, and I know that Georgia metrically, power ratings-wise, they might be better than Alabama. But are you really confident about lining those two teams up and betting on Kirby Smart against Nick Saban? I'm not. I've seen it happen too many times. So Alabama plus 250. I feel like that number, once they roll through and went out into the SEC championship – if it's Bama, Georgia, which it probably will be, we're talking about Alabama minus one. I don't know. Is Georgia really favored there? Can a bookmaker make Georgia favored? I don't know. So you'll give me the possibility of having Alabama plus 250 going into that game. I like my chances there. And then if I'm not, I could take Georgia money line. I could get creative. Maybe Georgia loses down the stretch, and then Alabama's a three-point favorite in the SEC title game, and then I could take Georgia plus three, plus three and a half. I have options, but it's because I'm ready to strike on Alabama right now. I don't think they're losing until the SEC championship. And if I get there with plus 250 in my pocket, I'll feel pretty good. I mentioned I like Tampa Bay on a lean. I lean in Northwestern, but I want 24 24 and a half. I'm going to let that thing climb. It's mostly 23 and a half. Cats are at Michigan. And then Penn State. Got to play Penn State some way, shape, or form. Clifford, we believe, is good to go, but we don't know if James Franklin's going to play him. You don't need Clifford against Illinois. You need Clifford against Ohio State next week. But even so, how's Illinois going to score on Penn State? Top five defense in the country. Happy Valley. Man, that's a tough spot. Maybe Penn State first half, minus 13 and a half. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, two more quick things before we get to the bankroll, boys. I love this. Win bet, getting super creative. We've talked about a lot of the things that they've done over there. They have a college basketball player of the year market at win bet. This is awesome. Drew Timmy, Gonzaga, 5-1. to one. Kofi Coburn, Illinois, 8-1. to one. Paulo Bonchero, Duke, 10-1. to one. Chad Holmgren, Gonzaga, 10-1. to one. Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana, 12 to 1. Johnny Juzang, UCLA, 12 to 1. Max Abmus, Oral Roberts, 15. Colin Gillespie, Villanova, 15. Buddy Bayheim, Syracuse, 20. I do like Buddy Bayheim. Hunter Dickinson, Michigan, 20. Travion Williams, Purdue, 20. Julian Champagne, 
Champagne, don't know how to say it. 25 to 1. St. John's. Jaden Ivey, Purdue, 25 to 1. I like Coburn, 8 to 1. Bayheim is interesting, 20 to 1. Timmy reminds me a lot of Tyler Hansbrough. That's going to be the guy that I don't think anybody likes, but he's going to play well despite you. I don't know. Gonzaga, do they play anybody? That's always the knock. Like Gonzaga, like, well, they didn't play anybody. If I'm a voter, am I going to vote Timmy? I don't know. Let me give some thought to this. But I think that's something that could be worth attacking with a guy like Coburn or with Buddy Bayheim. 8 to 1, 20 to 1. The fact that we can bet on this, though, that's what's cool. That's what's cool. And the last thing here, I saw this from Tom Casale. Great tweet at the Tom Casale. Throw this in the vault for when this actually happens. There was a report that broke about Ed Orgeron not returning at LSU to be the head coach next year. Tommy retweeted the report and said the following, quote, LSU beating a team like Purdue in a mid-level bowl game might be my biggest college football wager ever. Players carrying around a crying coach-o off the field after a 42-7 win. That ending has already been written. That's actually very funny, and I think it's very accurate. It's either one of two things. LSU wins the Outback Bowl 42-7, to or LSU loses in the, I don't know, the Gator Bowl or the uh, the Texas Bowl or the uh, the Bowl in Detroit, the, uh, what is it, the Motor City Bowl, like 27-3. to three. Like it's one of two extremes. They either win big or lose big. And I do think in Coach O's final game, LSU is going to be the side. But that's very funny because I thought about that too. I'm like, how is this going to end? It's going to end in the bowl game. And if they rally around Coach O, that could be the spot. Not going to commit yet, but it's something to think about. It is finally here. The collaboration New England has been waiting for. Chicken dinner and the bankroll boys at over under 985. Joey Murray, Dan Lifshetz. Gentlemen, I appreciate you making time here. You're both on your way to work. I'm at work, but the people need what the people need. My first question is very simple. Why did this take so long? Well, I mean, what's going to take longer, this or uh, legalized betting in Massachusetts? That, I mean, this, so we, we at least broke that barrier down. Um, but you know what it is, Sam? You're so famous now. You know, you're, you're all over the <laughs> You're in the Midwest, you're taking over the East Coast, you know, Dan and I are, you know, we're on the radio and television in Boston, and it's like, finally, the wind opens in Boston, we all meet, and boom, here we are. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's really just this, we're busy, <laughs> we're, me and Joe, we're, we're, we're working guys, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, running around and doing this stuff, we're not, we're not Sammy P, and we're not, you know, killing it up at Nesson and making videos all day, we can't do that. No, unfortunately, well, it, it, it sucks, but it's it's kind of the truth. It's like Joe and I, you know, we're we're busy with our with our other crap during the day, and uh, I blame it on just you know life kind of sucking right now with the way that you know it, it's going and how how many sports there are, how many things to do. There's a Patriots game here and a WNBA game here, and dude, there's 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 too much. There's I'm surprised we even had time to schedule this. I'm happy to take away some of the flack from you guys because you guys dominate New England with the betting talk on 98.5. You've been doing it for years now. And I think all three of us realized we have a skill for something that not a lot of people really do. And that's not, 
you know, being fake or phony. It's just a lot of people that we work with don't understand sports betting. But I'm happy to take some of the bullshit that you guys get. And I see it all the time. You guys track your plays, trend your plays, and people are like, these guys are lying. And you clearly have all the picks for everybody to see. But, man, if I miss a pick, I get three in a row right, four in a row right. That fifth one, if I lose it, I am getting steamrolled by some Boston fan with a Patriot Twitter avatar. Like, I'm happy to steal some of that heat from you guys. Well, I think Dan would appreciate that very much. But you you know what it is, man? I I, I always like the term fade or follow because, listen, dude, I listen to your guys' podcast as well. There's some things I agree with, some things I disagree with, but I make my own choice in the end. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I think that most people should do. It's we're not, none of us are a service. Like, and if we suck so bad, we'd be the greatest resource in the world, right? Just fade us and you'll make, you'll win millions of dollars and we'll never hear from you again. It's not easy, but you know what it is, man? It's a grind, right? I, I, I always compare it to blackjack. Sometimes you got to hit on 16. Like sometimes you got to hit on it. You know, you just got to play the rule book, the cards. And in the end, I really do think you'll have a winning record in the long run. You agree, Dan? I mean, I, I, I do, I do. And I don't like, I, I think there are certain times where uh, like the, where the hate is just, it's, 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 it's so, it's so ridiculous. Like, I mean, for instance, Joe and I, had a, I, I mean, not to toot our own horn because I try not to do that, but we had a 16 unit week this week. Okay. For most people, that's good are really, really good. And the part of it was we, we, we hit a WNBA future. We hit the sky 12 to one. Okay. So that's 12 units. So we had a four unit week. Most people would be happy as hell with a four unit week. Yet Joe and I get shit for sucking. If it's a four unit week, I think that it's just it, no matter what you do, it's the community, man. It's never enough. People are so greedy these days. Part that's part of it, but at the same time, you have to go in knowing that that's also part of it. Like some people just are never going to be happy, and there's also some people who just appreciate the shit out of you. I mean, Joe and I did an appearance a couple of weeks ago, and the people who came and hung out with us were just they're appreciative. So you're going to get both sides of the spectrum. It's, it's, you know, that's kind of part of it. it. That's, and especially these days, that's the community where there are a lot of guys who really don't win and a lot of guys who scam out there finding people that you can actually just talk to and, you know, bounce ideas off of is so important. The reactions are great because Dan, Dan gets a little fired up because, you know, sometimes we are, we're on the wrong side of it, but we were right. But, but just real quick about that though, the, the, where they're going to need people like you, I, Dan, because, now everyone thinks they're a gambler, right? Now everybody who gets a pick right, got who took Tennessee last night, oh, they now follow me now. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, everybody's the expert. It's a grind, dude. And like I respect dudes who've been doing this for a long time. Even if the even if their records aren't great, dude, it's a it's a community to me, man. If we're all in it to make money, I'm in it with you too, bro. I made one of my picks this weekend, and I do picks on Twitter, and I track them. I do picks on Nesson.com, and then also on our Friday show, After Hours, we do picks. So I'm tracking and trending three different things. And I think my pick record on the TV show going into this weekend was 13-9. and nine. It's not the greatest record in the world, but it's 13-9. and nine. And I was a Dak Prescott interception touchdown away from a 3-1 and one weekend to go 16-10. and 10. And right after, I want to say five minutes after the game goes final, the Patriots should have covered 
and I got two direct messages from Nessun viewers like, hey, you suck at your job. And I'm like, if you don't understand the Patriots plus four was the right side and the right bet, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, dude. I, I listen, I yelled at Joe about this on Saturday and I said, you say you, and you know, I, I always tell Joe because Joe is more of a field guy, Joe. And it, it astonishes me how well Joe does with just the, with the field, because there's not a lot of people who can go and just feel out a game. And Joe just has the ability to kind of do that. So I, you know, I yelled at him Saturday. I said, look, you got to put the Patriots. They're going to win here. How many times should they have won? That effing game. I, I couldn't even, I could not believe how many times they should have won that game. And yet at the end of the day, they don't cover, not only do they, they lose, which I thought they were going to win outright. They don't cover the number again, anywhere close to it. You know, it, it's, and then, you know, you, you get the, the insane amount of shit on Twitter. Told you Cowboys five and zero against the spread coming into the week. You should have <laughs> been on the Cowboys. Oh man. It's like, guys, and this is this is exactly why it's like, as Joe said, everyone thinks they're a fucking gambler now just because they oh, they they hit the Cowboys like, dude, if you've seen that, if you've seen that line a million times and you're going to tell me you've watched that game play out a million times, the Patriots cover that game like 85 to 90 percent of the time. I'll ride that side and I'll take that number over over the, your one outcome that actually ended up hitting that one time. Like, you know what I mean? It's. That that's that's my frustration with people. It's like it, it, they they live on absolutes. And Sam, our argument we, we were actually arguing about the same thing about generally the number was right and you should be going with the Cowboys here. I I just thought it would go over because of the turnovers, and in the end it did. But I just had a feel that both sides love to turn the football over, you know. And I just thought maybe that will sneak out, you know, a block punt which happened. I mean, two, do it two stops. All, all we're trying to say is sometimes we argue about the same, the different point, but we are on the same side of it. But it's been interesting, man, right? And I think things have maybe shifted when the pandemic happened, right? Because there seems to be a lot more money, I guess, involved in a lot of these games where, I mean, Vegas this week got smoked, right? Squares everywhere. And then a week before that, that Bucks or two weeks ago, that Bucks pats game was one of the biggest handles ever, like, some people are just on the wrong side of it because they think from what they saw a week before, and it's just not like that. And that's kind of the message is don't go by necessarily what you just saw, you know? Yeah, do what works for you. You guys are different, but what makes you different makes you great to steal an old line from an old Mike and Mike promo. You don't have to be the same handicapper. There are multiple ways to do this. But I want to take this outside the betting spectrum for a second, and I'm – in a position at work where I don't get to do much pontificating on the teams themselves, like the game ends and then I'm on to the next week. I'm crunching lines on Monday for the following Sunday. Are we still collectively as a New England part of the country, are we still making it okay? Are we accepting moral victories? Because this team is two and four, but they should be, you can make a case they should be four and two or five and one. I mean, I can tell you that I'm, I'm, I mean, last, last week, the, the Cowboys game was extremely frustrating to me. That That's a game that you probably win again, the way that everything went, the breaks that you had, the early penalties that the refs called were completely on New England side early. I mean, that's the game you have to win. And you usually do win nine out of 10 times for your Patriots team. You find a way to win. And back in the old days, there's no doubt if you're Brady in that game, there were winning that game. I, there's no doubt in my mind that they're winning that game, but the way that, you know, it's gone this year, 
it's just the, the 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 team the team feels like it's learning to win all over again and i don't know if that is a recipe for success long term i don't know if that's going to be something that they can do i they they have a hard time closing the door whether it you know against the at tampa bay team at home or now dallas uh you know the, the new orleans game they just struggled in but they they need to find a way to win it win you know find a way to just close games and they did a good job against houston but that's Houston and that's Davis Mills and that's a rookie head coach and just in general, a horrendous team. Now you got to learn to close against good teams and Dallas is here. They're a good team, Tampa, good team. Like you got to find that, you know, a find a way to win. So yeah, moral victories aside, the biggest thing for this team is finding ways to win and finding, you know, finding a way to close the door. And I think that, you know, what, what Patriots fans and especially myself realizing that that was Brady more than it was Belichick. And, it, you know, as someone who has been a big Belichick over Brady guy, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I own that. That was me. I was Belichick over Brady. I'm, I'm recognizing right now how wrong I am or how wrong I was about that. You know, my entire time here, that was a Brady knew how to close and Belichick, you know, was dragged along with him. So, so Sam, I, I think that coaching has kept you in games, but the assistant coaching has absolutely crushed the team. And I think that the personnel, yet they could have won games with this personnel. The reason why I thought the Patriots would lose to Dallas is because of the talent on the football field. And I think in the end, that was the case. I think, you know, and I'll just use that game for an example. McCarthy was so bad. How many penalties did they have? <laughs> Right? How many times do they turn the ball over on the goal line? But how many times do the Patriots get a holding penalty on a touchdown? Or, you know, are too many guys are punt blocked. It's just these are the things that you never saw in the Patriots era. Right? They could they could have a turnover, but they'd make a play late in the game. To Dan's point, right now, everything that they used to do right, they no longer do. All the stuff that bad teams did against you years ago, you're now doing I don't think Mac Jones is the problem, but just think about it. The defense last week against the uh, – they gave up more point, uh, more yards in that game than they did in the Super Bowl against the Eagles. And what's the big common denominator? It came down to one play, dude. One play. Third and 25, you stop them. One play in the Super Bowl without Malcolm Butler, you stop them, you win. And it's just they, they haven't been able to trust anybody yet on offense or defense. And I think it's going to be a long season, man. So you guys are uh, looking at a game this weekend, Jets and Patriots. I mean, if they don't blow the fuck out of this team, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to lay, you know, seven, seven and a half per se. Hopefully maybe somebody comes in and grabs that seven, knocks it down to six and a half. But if you can't blow out the Jets, man. What makes you think they can beat anybody at this point by six points, you know? It's sort of like entrenched in my brain that they can just annihilate bad teams. And I think, Joey, what you're saying is they have nothing that proves that with this group. And they beat the Texans because they had better coaching. I mean, they let Davis Mills throw for 300 yards, you know. The defense is a huge issue. But, yeah, man, this is, to, to Dan's point, it's really hard for everybody to, to understand. This is just not the same old Patriots team anymore. They're just not. But – when they're underdogs, man, they're in every game. They're in every game. It's just, are you going to come up? Do you want to put your money on that side of the football? And so far at home this year, it hasn't been successful. 
That's a fair point. I had a question on Twitter. I want to read a couple of these out. Uh, Ace Dumont 37 is asking, will there be a degenerate bet off? <laughs> what do you want to bet? I'd be happy to bet some NBA tomorrow. I mean, you have to be a degenerate to bet opening night NBA, but I'll tell you what, man, I will happily fade the New York Knicks tomorrow night. This team, oh my God, the Knicks last year were like the luckiest team in the league. Did you know I was talking to JVT for a story I wrote on Fox? He said that the Knicks last year gave up the most wide open threes in the league but they were number one in three-point defense. How does that even happen? The Knicks last year, man, they made the playoffs first time in eight years. Julius Randle had a career year, and now they go out and they bring in another bad guard with bad knees. Derrick Rose wasn't enough. Now they got D. Rose and Kemba Walker. I'll take the two points with the Celtics tomorrow. I think I'd take the two and I'll take the under and coming from the degenerate who's already playing the nets and the over tonight, you know, like a, like a, like a real degenerate getting the, getting the nets at what the, the money line and taking the over there two thirty-three. I mean, the Celtics are probably the right side. You know, they're going to be, you know, that the whole, the whole world's going to be on the public dog of the Celtics, but given the under in that game, the Celtics, again, my biggest issue has always been with the Celtics is that, uh, or at least we're under Brad Stevens the last couple of years that the effort really started, you know, decreasing as the year went on last year. You saw that tremendously. I think this year with Adoka, that defensive effort is going to be something they focus on primarily. I think Stevens addressed that, you know, in his press conferences. So, and with the Knicks, I mean, we know how they play. We know how Thibodeau likes his teams to play slow, methodical. Let's beat that team 98 to 92. You know, that's kind of like the way they, you know, those guys play and their their team is built for that as well. I like the under in that one, 218 and a half, in my opinion, way too high for a total uh, opening night, especially in New York. I like I like the under in that one. I don't think I'll, I don't think I want to take the Knicks. I mean, that's that's as dangerous. But this, I'm telling you, the Celtics will be an extremely popular bet tomorrow. And I'll just tell you this: the the Knicks ended up winning like the, they they beat the Celtics when they needed wins last year. And you know they had a nice little run in the playoffs. They just their biggest problem was they couldn't score. But if you want some trends, everybody, because oh, sometimes <laughs> Joey, Joey, Joey trends here, which honestly I only use them because I like historical uh, data. The under is six and one in the Celtics' last seven road games overall, Dan. But last year down the stretch, one and four against the spread, they weren't good. So. New team, new coach, both sides, throw the trends out the window, but it seems like defense is going to be the focus on both teams right now. I can't believe Joey Trends just threw trends out the window. That My mind is blown <laughs> on that one. All right, so taking the Celtics isn't really a degenerate bet, but here's a bet that I've thought about a couple times this year. Whenever the Boston Bruins play a team like the Devils or the Buffalo Sabres, I promise you, I might even make the drive up to New Hampshire and bet on Swayman's shutout. I think there are a couple games this year where Boston, because we know Boston's trying to win every game two to one, three to two. Like they've got some horses, but they are still fundamentally sound on defense and they have a good net for the most part. Tell me how they don't shut out the Sabres or the Devils at least two or three times this year. Those payouts on shutouts, guys, they're like 10, 12 to one. Dude, they, they for whatever reason, they struggle against the Devils. I don't know what it is. It's been like a long 
like a long historical thing over the past like five, six years. They just can't get over the New Jersey Devils for whatever reason. They're fantastic against Buffalo. They own Ottawa. They kill Detroit. The bad teams, they beat the bad teams consistently, except the New Jersey Devils, who they just, for whatever reason, continuously struggle with over and over and over. And those games, they're always low scoring. They're always low scoring. It's always like 2-1-3-2. But the Devils, man, they're sneaky. I, I'd I'd shy away from New Jersey, and I'd be looking more towards Buffalo. Uh, if you can find maybe, you know, that, that off-conference, you know, bad team, you know, uh, I don't know, the Kings on, uh, you know, on a random Wednesday night or, you know, uh, Nashville was horrendous last year. Anaheim, uh, you know, one, one of those teams that struggles on, you know, a road trip on a random midweek, midweek night in Boston. I mean, that, that would be the way to go. I'm telling you, watch out for the Devils against the, the Bruins. They will get them multiple times this year. Multiple times. Okay. I disagree with that. Joey Trends, I know we only got five minutes left here <laughs> because, you know, you guys have to go to work and everything and like, 10 minutes or something, but I want you to go first. Danny, you go second. Give me your favorite sports betting moment. It doesn't even have to be on the air. Give me your favorite sports betting moment at the hub. It could be with a boss. It could be with a, uh, a host that knows nothing about sports betting. You could take this wherever uh-huh. you want it. Favorite sports betting moment at 98.5. What is it? Uh, well, I already know Dan, so I already know it. Um, cause everyone was really, uh, involved in a one preseason game one day. Uh, but I, I'll just give you a moment. I'll give you a moment. Remember the kick six Auburn versus Alabama. Oh yeah. I'm in the studio and I'm waiting for the Bruins game to end. Cause I'm hosting after the Bruins game. And I'm like, I have, I have money on Auburn by the way. And I'm like, what is, what is Alabama doing? What are they doing? And all of a sudden, I'm like, "Is he returning this?" Is it? Yeah. And I'm going nuts, and I'm screaming, and I'm like, "I got it!" I jumped around, and nobody knew what the hell I was doing. And yeah. nobody, nobody, <laughs> this is not a college sport. It's not a college sports town, right? I'm freaking out, dude. Did you just see it? I'm kick six. I've never seen that in my life. I'm like going ballistic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, nobody, nobody. I didn't get a, a movement from anybody, but it was like one moment that happened, and I was like. This is going to be not talked about forever. This is going to be in like the Alabama versus Auburn forever, you know, and like not a, not even a needle move at all in the studio that day. But I had Auburn and one on a kick six, and uh, that felt very good. All right, so I well well I have two for you. One is about Joe because I think that everyone needs to understand what happens when Joe is on the air, when, when, when something goes against him. So one is about Joe. Okay. One is about Michael Felger, who's a big presence in Boston. You're involved in Boston. You know, Felger, you either love him or you hate him pretty much. That's, you know, there's two sides of the coin with Felger and that's pretty much how it is. Uh, Felger bet on a Patriots preseason game a couple years ago against the then Redskins now football team. And, uh, you know, it, and he told me the Patriots were an absolute lock. It was like Patriots minus three or whatever. I, I took the bet. I told him I'd take the bet. I, I took it myself. Didn't, didn't, you know, let it off anywhere. He wanted the Patriots minus three, whatever it was. I took the bet. The Patriots were up, I think, something like 21 to three in the first half. It's a preseason game, you know. You're like, okay, this one's probably over. Falcons will win the bet. Second half comes, Washington scores 
three touchdowns. Not only do they not, not only do they win, they win big. I think they ended up winning by over you know a touchdown. They, plus. They, no, they they won on a two point conversion when Gunnar Oshevsky was playing defensive back as a rookie. Right. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So they they, they came all the way back. They went on a two-point conversion. Felger doesn't cover and he lost his mind the next day. I guess I mean, it was on air. He's telling everyone it's a lock, it's a lock. Anytime everyone ever anytime anyone ever tells you there's oh, a yeah. lock in preseason football, I mean, it's immediately you got to go the other way. Immediately, I mean, it, for I mean, forget about who it is. It doesn't matter. It's just immediately I'm going the other way, and and Felger just absolutely blew it. My other favorite all-time gambling story at the station here. I was standing in the back room. We were we were switching shifts in the uh, a couple of years ago. The Celtics are playing Milwaukee in the playoffs, and this is the Chris oh. Middleton game. The Middleton game where Middleton, I think it was like <laughs> point one or point three seconds left, throws up a three yeah. from mid court, and the, and and I think it was either Milwaukee tied the game, won the game. I, I honestly don't he remember the outcome. Tied it, went overtime. It, it, I had okay. the under. Yep. Yeah, Joe has the under. <laughs> Middleton with point three just takes the ball, throws it in. Joe lost his shit on air. I mean, <laughs> lost it. He goes, "Are you kidding me? Did that fucking cow?" And Arcan, the, our Christian Arcan, who was in with him, just goes, "You need help. Like, you gotta stop doing this." And he was just Joe's just freaking out on the air. And Arcan's like, "Get help today, please." And so now it's the intro to our segment. They hit a three, and actually there was two of them. I I, I always go back to karma, but. Um, Victor Oladipo hit a hit a hit a three, a meaningless three in a playoff game, and I I missed the under by one point. That happened live on air, and then I had the Middleton meltdown, which we gotta find, uh, because yeah, that was uh, dude on air live. But I will tell you though, Anthony Brown, who's the quarterback of uh, Oregon now, once on a Thursday night played Northern Illinois. Uh, on a Thursday night, I was live on air, and every time he threw a touchdown, I literally went nuts. I'm like, I got a touchdown from the freshman. And, uh, yeah, so I, I get a little emotional when it's live on air, man. Well, I could top that maybe. I'm hosting the uh, high school football championship show on WGN Radio. It's a Saturday night, and I got rent on Michigan State money line against Michigan. This is the game when Harbaugh oh, punted. Oh, when he tried to punt and it got blocked and Michigan oh, State runs it yeah. back for a touchdown, my producer goes, we're on in yep. 10 as the ball gets snapped. <laughs> so I'm watching the game on TV, and the play takes you know 15 seconds to go through. And as they're running in, the kid goes, you're live, you're live. And I go, woo, welcome to Preps Plus Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, like, that show was one of the best shows I ever did. That Monday, my boss goes, man, you were really jazzed up. I said, yeah, man, I don't know. High school football just gets the blood going. <laughs> and, 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 Sam, I'll tell you this much. We're all gamblers, right? We had money on it. There was a guy at our station, Jim Murray, Big Jim. He was doing um, Atlanta radio at night. And the Bergeron, remember the Bruins scored four straight goals to win in game seven? And Bergeron scored the game winner in overtime. Mm-hmm. He literally had a meltdown, called Reimer a bum, laughed. This is on Atlanta radio about what's going on in Boston. You can Google it. It's an all-time rant. 
It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I will uncover it. Next time, let's do this at your shop. Let's spend more time. I know we're up against it here. At yes. over under 985, you can find Joe and Dan's handles at that page, at over under 985. And quickly, as I let you guys go, I took out one of your listeners. I've met probably four Bankroll Boy listeners that have come up to me at a bar and said they love you guys and they found out about me because of you. So I appreciate you for that. But I got to give a shout out to my guy, Drew. I invited him out to Dirty Nellie's after the Bees scraped the Islanders in the first game of the playoffs. I got this kid so drunk. I put my number in his phone and my name. He texted me back, who is this? We literally spent the entire (laughs) night out drinking whiskey to the bankroll boys. He still didn't know who I was. We spent the entire night together. (laughs) I I do want to bring this one up before we go. The bar, you have a bartender who makes picks, is that correct? Oh, yeah. Okay, I would love to, for us to go against the bartender sometime in true degenerate special. We will do anything you guys want. I appreciate you guys introducing me to the audience out here. You guys have done more than you know. Dan Lipschatz, Joe Murray, the Bankroll Boys on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Get to work, will you? See you, Sam. That about does it for chicken dinner. Thanks to the bankroll boys, Joe Murray, Dan Lifshatz for checking in. Record check 178, 171 at six. We're minus a little bit, 1.6. But we got a lot in the hopper, including the Braves at 14 to 1 to win the World Series. No hedge. Do it for Pauly. Got the Browns tonight, minus three. Oregon plus two. Wisconsin minus three. Alabama minus 25. Alabama national title plus 250. And the Trey Fecta over 25 and a half points. Over two and a half threes plus money. Top score plus 165. Coming up on Chicken Dinner, we get you ready for the NFL weekend with Ian McMillan from Betside. He is on fire in the NFL. We'll talk to him tomorrow. Cash up tickets, make some money. We'll talk to you Friday right here on Chicken Dinner. Come on.